If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Welcome to Hopeful Hands. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Bradner, and I'm super excited for today's guest. Sherry Johnson is an amazing coach, and it's so fun that we finally are meeting. Her work has pivoted since we first talked, and we're going to have you on the show. And so I would like to welcome Sherry Johnson. Tell us more about you. Thanks, Tara. I am delighted to be here. And yeah, it has been a while since we first started chatting. So it's, it is really nice to, to finally be here. I love the work you're doing. So I'm actually glad it took us a little bit to connect because you now have shifted your work into helping women in their 40s and 50s to balance their hormones from a holistic standpoint so they can better be aware of their health. But your passion is also empowering these women to you know, live vibrantly and intentional. And where'd that all come from? Tell us more about your journey. Yeah, it's, I think my, my business has evolved as my own journey has evolved. So I'll give you a little bit of history on my, my, my infertility journey, just so you have that. Um, I had my first miscarriage in 2012. It was the first time I had gotten pregnant um, I was 39 and just went off birth control and got pregnant right away, like two months, two months later. So it was totally unexpected. We didn't think we'd get pregnant that quickly. And, and it was about, it was 11 and a half weeks when I miscarried. And then I had two more miscarriages over the next six years, tried um, long, like with long periods of infertility in between. So had my first miscarriage, waited over two years before I got pregnant again, and then another six months before I got pregnant again, and then started fertility treatments after that. Those, all three of those were, were natural pregnancies. And then I did a few rounds of IUI and I was 44 by the time we finally started to explore IVF and, you know, you alluded to this just before we, we hit the record, you know, in hindsight, it was way too late. Um, I didn't realize, I sort of thought that I had infertility and this was something that I could fix. What I didn't realize is, you know, as much as the doctors told me this and multiple doctors did, like your fertility really starts to decline at 40. and I just, I didn't realize that's the beginning of perimenopause. 
it's it's when your your egg quality starts to decline you have fewer of them your hormones start to go out of whack it wasn't a problem with my fertility they never found any issues i didn't have endometriosis i didn't have pcos or none of none of those things it was just it was too late for me so yeah, in hindsight, I think I would have started IVF a lot sooner. I would have, I don't know, I would have probably done things differently, but that's all part of the the grieving process as well, right? Like the what ifs and what would I have done differently and all this stuff. So Absolutely. it's part, part of your journey to help others and you're doing such awesome work with that. So we're going to share, can you show a little bit about what it is that you do now with women? And then we're going to go into our three hopeful hints for everybody. Yes. Yes. I started by helping women, coaching them through miscarriage. And and it was really an emotional and spiritual coaching practice. And then as I realized I was going to, I was going to be walking this childless path, I sort of pivoted to that. And and now as I've made my way through my grief and my, my self-worth issues, we're going to get into that, um, I realized that so many women who don't go through an infertility journey have the same issues as they hit their 40s, physically and emotionally. They have grief. They have self-worth issues. They have all this stuff. So now I help women who are heading into their 40s and 50s. They're starting to feel those perimenopause symptoms, whether they're emotional or physical, and really helping them through that with a holistic approach. I'm a nutritionist, um, but I also am a spiritual coach, so I've combined all those things together. Love it. Let's dive in. So the great thing about your three hopeful hints is they can be utilized for infertility, those who are living childless, and perimenopause. So hopeful hint number one is practice self-worth. Tell us more. Yes. So this was huge for me, and it's still a practice. What I realized is that when I was experiencing infertility, I felt this sense that I was not yet a woman, that I wasn't as good as the mom's that I was somehow not measuring up. And as I, you know, moved into the next phase of my journey, becoming a childless woman, then I really felt like, oh my goodness, this isn't going to end. And then I realized that a lot of women feel like they're not enough. It doesn't matter whether you're a mom or not. And they're sort of exacerbated as we hit uh, our 40s and suddenly we're like oh my goodness you know society tells us that aging is you know as you get older you're not as worthy as someone who's younger youth is valued in our society so much more than than age so practicing self-worth it is a practice I see it like a muscle that you need to work on and it's doing I mean I could do a whole my gosh, <laughs> episodes and episodes about this. Um, but it it's really, it's practicing saying no to those things that don't bring you joy and that you don't want to do. It's especially in, in, as you're going through infertility, it's, you know, it's saying no to the baby showers. If you don't feel up to it, it's maintaining your boundaries. It's, um, 
It's doing what makes you feel good, putting yourself first. And those things take practice. You can't just suddenly flip a switch and, okay, now I deserve all these things. It's, it's kind of a practice of doing all those little actions that lead you to sort of reawaken that worth. I love that you described it like muscle. Like you don't just start exercising and have like, you have it all figured out and you are looking the way you want to look. It takes time to get there. And that's an amazing way to explain, to explain that. Number two, feel the emotions. Ooh, Sherry. Say yeah. More on that. Say more on that. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, I think the two, well, the, the, it was such a big thing for me. Grief is one thing that I really felt throughout and that lack of self-worth, that deservedness, um, that inadequacy was another. And grief for me, you know, where society tells us, we hear this all the time, like, keep yourself busy, distract yourself, just, you know, get through it. And what I realized is that it's feeling those emotions that help you to release them. And they're going to eke out in some way, no matter what you do, right? Like it's, it's, um, somebody used the expression or the the metaphor when you're trying to hold a beach ball underwater and you know how, you know, you can, <laughs> you can get it down there, but eventually it pops up. Like it's gonna, those emotions are going to come out whether you like it or not. So if you take the time to sit in quiet where you have some control over your environment, and just allow those emotions to come up, whatever it is, anger, resentment, irritation, sadness, letting those, those emotions out is what's going to actually help you feel better. Absolutely. Do not suppress, find a way to share comfortably or get them out in a, in a healthy way. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Number three, honor the link between physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Yeah. So this is really kind of the culmination of, of all of my practices coming together. Worse, I mean, throughout my fertility journey and now, you know, heading into menopause, we're really taught to focus on the physical. And most, I don't know if this is maybe true. Maybe it's not true. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the doctors that I encountered, they sort of discounted stress and emotions and all this stuff, all the the emotions around infertility and just the process of going through infertility treatments or fertility treatments is stressful. And it impacts your hormones. It it can't not have an impact. They are and as soon as you feel stress, cortisol and adrenaline are re- are released. You know this, Tara. Like, yep, I'm taking it all. It's gonna. Yes, I could read us. Yes, I'm like absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you have to pay attention to the emotions and the spiritual as well. I mean, that links up to self worth. It's um, it's really it's finding meaning. It's finding love. It's looking for those connections and they do impact your physical body so it's it's being able to honor those links again i could do like multiple episodes of <laughs> on just we that. have to have you back then to do <laughs> <on this. laughs> 
That is that's, that's such a great way to end your hopeful hints is just the connection between them and be more aware, like just because your healthcare provider doesn't want to acknowledge something or, you know, believe in something, it doesn't mean that you can't seek out other resources. That's what I would say to my patients is create this healthcare team. Like you're, you should have a team, not like one solo person. And so having someone on your side, like bringing Sherry in or other coaches that do a variety of different things, we don't all do the same thing. Um, you know, bringing in like a nutritionist, even a dietitian and mental health counselor, acupuncturist, and you're creating your own team and you don't need permission <laughs> from your healthcare provider or doctor to, to be in full control of your health and to tap into other resources specifically for the things like Sherry discussed today, because there's so much more to our health than what's presented in one clinic appointment or one setting. So um sherry where can we find you everything is at sherry johnson coaching and i will have it on show notes they can go right to show notes i'll have it there they can connect with you too in those other areas perfect yes thank you well thank you so much for being with us it looks like we're gonna have to have you back sometime to share more and just go in depth on your things i love what you're doing and the work you're doing especially for women in their 40s and 50s. There's such a need for what you do. So thank you. I would love that. Thank you, Tara. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over and hit subscribe or leave a review for Hopeful Hints and Infertility Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you back here next week, Tuesday. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App, and that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.